gentle gift with Eucharistic meanings, for he loved. And thus beloved, she died. I've heard it said that but to see him in the first surprise of widower and father nursing me, unmothered little child of four years old, his large man's hands afraid to touch my curls as if the gold would tarnish, his grave lips contriving such a miserable smile as if he knew needs must or I should die, and yet twas hard, would almost make the stones cry out for pity. There's a verse he set in Santa Croce to her memory, Weep for an infant too young to weep much when death removed this mother. Stops the mirth today on women's faces when they walk with rosy children hanging on their gowns under the cloister to escape the sun that scorches in the piazza. After which he left our Florence and made haste to hide himself, his prattling child, and silent grief among the mountains above Pelago. Because unmothered babes, he thought, had need of mother nature more than others use. Father then and child, we lived among the mountains many years, God's silence on the outside of the house, and we who did not speak too loud within, and old Asunta to make up the fire, crossing herself whene'er a sudden flame which lightened from the firewood made alive that picture of my mother on the wall. So nine full years our days were hid with God among his mountains. I was just thirteen, still growing like the plants from unseen roots in tongue-tied springs, and suddenly awoke to full life and life's needs and agonies with an intense, strong, struggling heart beside a stone-dead father. Life, struck sharp on death, makes awful lightning. His last word was, Love, love, my child, love, love. Then he had done with grief. Love, my child. Ere I answered, he was gone, and none was left to love in all the world. There ended childhood. What succeeded next, I recollect, as after fevers men thread back the passage of delirium, missing the turn still, baffled by the door, smooth endless days, notched here and there with knives, a weary wormy darkness, spurred i' the flank with flame, that it should eat and end itself like some tormented scorpion. Then at last I do remember clearly, how there came a stranger with authority, not right, I thought not, who commanded, caught me up from old Asunta's neck, how with a shriek she let me go, while I, with ears too full of my father's silence to shriek back a word, in all a child's astonishment at grief, stared at the wharf edge where she stood and moaned, my poor Asunta, where she stood and moaned. The white walls, the blue hills, my Italy drawn backward from the shuddering steamer deck, like one in anger drawing back her skirts which suppliants catch at. Then the bitter sea inexorably pushed between us both, and sweeping up the ship of my despair threw us out as a pasture to the stars.
then land, then England. Oh, the frosty cliffs looked cold upon me. Could I find a home among those mean red houses through the fog? And when I heard my father's language first from alien lips which had no kiss for mine, I wept aloud, then laughed, then wept, then wept. And someone near me said the child was mad through much seasickness. The train swept us on. Was this my father's England, the great isle? The ground seemed cut up from the fellowship of verdure, field from field, as man from man. The skies themselves looked low and positive, as almost you could touch them with a hand, and dared to do it, they were so far off from God's celestial crystals, all things blurred and dull and vague.